You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 123 of the Ron and Don Show. We are pretty excited. A number of months ago, when COVID-19 first hit, we didn't know what this was. There's a lot of frontline workers that need help. They needed PPE. They needed personal protection, and they needed it now. And what we found out is that the United States was not ready, and specifically, Seattle wasn't ready. A lot of area hospitals were, were asking, hey, if there are locals here, if you have an N95 mask sitting in your garage, which I did, I had 10 of them, I dropped them off at an area hospital. But you know what I found out when I dropped those off? That just wasn't enough. Nurses, doctors, ambulance drivers, firefighters, police officers started reaching out to me and said, hey, we have to do something about this. Ron, I did. I reached out to my friend Christy Peterson. We called her. She said, you have to talk to my friend Ming Ming. She runs something called the Refugee Artisan Initiative. We're about to talk to her here in a moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this is the sort of thing that you and I have always loved, and that is just uh, everyday people that look around in their world and they go, what can I do? Because a lot of times people over the years have emailed us because, you know, they think that, that we have this big platform and they're like, you guys should do this. You guys should do that. You guys should do the other thing. You should get behind this cause. And we've always said, well, what, what, are, what are you getting behind? What is your thing? And if you're a carpenter, go be a carpenter. If you're a, a chef or a cook, go cook for someone. If you know how to sew, then go make PPE. And so that's what, what I think Ming Ming was all about is saying, well, look around my world. She uh, had these women that were at the time making stuff that you would see in Metropolitan Market. If you go into their kitchen section where they have a lot of great kitchen wares, uh, there were really cool pot holders and placemats and different items that they sewed. And it was giving women that had ju- usually fled from some pretty rough places around the world, places like Afghanistan, ended up in, in Seattle. And Ming Ming was helping these women get back on their feet, generate some income, provide for their families. And so they had just signed a big deal with Met Market uh, to get stuff into all their stores. They completely turned on a dime mm. and started making hundreds and then thousands of PPE uh, to get them out everywhere. And it was incredible to me because my mom worked in hospitals her entire career, over 35 years, almost 40 years in different hospitals around America. I can't imagine a hospital that I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of them, just to go out to lunch with my mom, saying, can we get some homemade PPE at our hospital? Name brand hospitals, Kaiser Permanente, University of Washington. Hmm. Uh, like These are big-time medical providers that have supply chains that are worldwide asking for a, a woman in Lake City hmm that's running sewing machines out of people's homes to provide them with PPE. Some of these made from bed sheets that have been uh, donated. Some of them made from just uh, bolts of cloth that came from like Joanne's fabrics. That was unbelievable to me that when the supply chains broke down with China and we didn't have anything to offer that, that you had individuals that were born in Afghanistan fleeing that country, ending up in Seattle, uh, and then making PPE for the University of Washington or Kaiser Permanente, I I still, looking back on that, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. And they needed someone to to drop off all this gear 
And so uh, we were lucky enough, Ron and myself, to, to drop off this PPE to area hospitals. Remember the one in Bellingham where the doctor got fired because he said they needed PPE? Well, guess what? They really needed PPE. My friend Anthony, who's a state trooper up there, called me and said, Doc, I'll give you a personal escort into the hospital. And he did that. Uh, the University of Washington down in Renton, they were out of PPE. We delivered PPE, thousands of masks down there. Uh, we drove all the way to Olympia and we delivered PPE. Uh, we went to area homes here where older people uh, needed PPE. Uh, and in fact, in retirement homes, uh, we delivered thousands of masks there too. Tens of thousands of masks. And guess who, guess who paid for it? You guys did. You always do. The Ron and Don Nation stepped up. And Ming Ming said, if you, can, if you guys can raise the money, uh, our artisans can make the mass. And so that's what we did. We raised almost $40,000 so far. They're continuing to make masks today. And in fact, coming up, uh, she's going to tell you about some new masks that they're making that are kind of pretty awesome. I don't think I could set this up better than Ron just did. So hang on, guys. We'll be back in two minutes. And you're going to hear from our good friend Ming Ming, who runs the Refugee Artisan Initiative. Next, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what Heather and Juan Carlos did. We lived in Redmond, and the kids went to school there. We loved it. We loved it, so we were super worried about leaving, but it just had to happen. Ron and Don proposed a sit-down, so they came over to our house, and they could tell that I was like super excited and ready to go and frenzied and breathless, and they could tell right away that Juan Carlos was like measured and careful. They came super prepared and they came more in learning mode, right? And what was important to each of us. I want to look at the data and the details. I don't, it, for me, it's a big investment and I don't want to rush into things. And they were quick to see that, even though I never told them. Uh, and I really appreciated that. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. Like, <laughs> The market was super hot right then, and so there were a lot of people clamoring for it. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete in that kind of a field. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, here we go. Episode 123, we've been telling you about Ming Ming from the Refugee Artisan Initiative. She joins us now. And don't forget, Ming Ming not only helps with the Refugee Artisan Initiative, but she's also a licensed pharmacist. And her husband, tell everybody what your husband does, Ming Ming. This is really incredible, right? Well, he is an intensive care unit physician at the VA hospital here in Seattle. Uh, since the VA hospital didn't get hit too hard with COVID, so he signed up to be a volunteer doc uh, to be sent to the East Coast uh, in April for two weeks to help out with the uh, treating ICU COVID patients there. Hmm. What did he learn while he was there? You know, in Seattle, we, you know, we hear about COVID and, you know, it's not like Everyone's, everyone else's family or friends is being affected back east. It seems like 
everyone you know in that area in New Jersey area he was there stationed almost every patient you know that come across even have family member or in the hospital at the same time that's not something we see here in Seattle so you know a lot more people get affected it's much more real and serious in general so I know Mimi we met you when you were making masks for people here locally and then your husband's off in at the time the biggest hot spot in the world um, did you feel like he was protected did you want to send masks to New York City in addition to the people here that like Don and I delivered some to hospitals and I know Don did more deliveries than I did but that mm -hmm. had to be kind of hard on you yeah that was hard you know but I respect that he really wanted to do this um you know as of New York area so he wanted to be back to where he's from to help out and at the same time you know I did I just give him a stash of masks to take with him yeah. and also um, around that time um, we got connected with a, a, a global artisan group that really want to make sure um, artisan group around the world able to continue make products to support their family so we actually were making about 7,000 masks sent to the Long Island um, Jewish hospital um, as sort of, um, you know, what we do here in Seattle. With, and because of that, we uh, have since, since, since your visit, we have add on six more women mm. uh, in the program. We had six when uh, Don and Ron, when you visit us back in April, and uh, because of demand for PPE, we also get connected uh, with uh, the two resettlement agencies, Refugee Women's Alliance, and also an, a social service agency, um, children, uh, it's called um, the Children Home Society of Washington. They refer women who know how to sell, who are pretty new to the country, and some that don't even ever work in the U.S. We uh, able to get them in and give them tra quick training, and they start making you know masks from home. So we have three women from Afghanistan, two women from Burma, and one woman from Vietnam just joined us about uh, six weeks ago. Mm. Let's back up a little bit, because Ming Ming, in the opening segment, when Ron and I were just talking, we talked about the early days of COVID-19, and my friend Christy Peterson, uh, her and I were talking, and I said, you know, there's a lot of area hospitals here, and especially rural hospitals, too, that need masks. And right now you can jump online, you can buy a mask, but in the early day months, early days, months ago, you couldn't do that. And so she said, you have to call my friend Ming Ming. You guys have to connect. I did that. I reached out to you. And as a result of that, tell everybody what the refugee artisan initiative is. And then you guys pivoted and started making masks. But before that you were making something else, right? Yeah. So the mission of uh, refugee artisan initiative is to, uh, Transform lives of refugee and immigrant women by providing sustainable work in sewing and handcrafting goods. So before COVID, we were uh, making pot holders, uh, jewelry, you know, table runners, napkins, baskets, and we just finished uh, a big project with the local uh, metropolitan market, and they were ready to go to their store. So it was a uh, just like we have a little bit of downtime, and then literally the day when the Seattle school says, you're not coming back starting tomorrow, it just dawned on me all of a sudden, okay, here we have women who just finished work and I'm a pharmacist. I had to go back to work. I have to see about 20 patients a day. My husband worked in the ICU. How can we live in Seattle? That's, 
you know, high tech, supposed to be, you know, world premium um, technology and medicine and all the, those aspects without having the PPE. It just frightened me. So instead of feeling retreated, I kind of calm myself down. And, and at the very moment, I also get a call from uh, the local Rotary Club in the Northeast Seattle saying that if you guys are wanting to start making PPE, maybe Rotary can help you guys out. Uh, if you, you know, uh, can start raising some funds, maybe we can match the funds. So it propelled me within 24 hours. I put uh, my first ever GoFundMe campaign on refugees and immigrants make years against COVID-19. And uh, you showed up literally three days later. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. Next thing you know, you're on the front page of the Seattle Times every day for like a yeah. week. Yeah. What's really, really cool is we went out to area hospitals. So what we would do is Refugee Artisan Initiative, they have a storefront. Uh, Ron, why don't you explain the storefront? Because uh, it's right up in Lake City, right? Well, yeah, up on Lake City. I think the thing that I was taken with when I came into your shop, Ming Ming, is that as someone that likes to travel around the world the, the way I do, is you have reached out to a group of women and given them sort of a foothold in America, like I can't imagine, you know, I've traveled to China, but if you just dropped me in China and said, go make a living in China, like, I don't know how I would do that. And so the, 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 to think about these women coming from Afghanistan or coming from China or coming from the countries you just named arriving in Seattle and then like going, I don't know how to speak the language. I don't know what to do. So it had to be a godsend for them to run into you. Um, what's it been like for them to, to make masks day in and day out, thousands and thousands and thousands of them? Well, it's interesting to ask for that. Initially, I thought, oh, we'll make some healthcare providers, you know, and then the pandemic will be over. We'll go back to making our kitchen song goods and jewelry. But, you know, and then it started them making, you know, maybe a handful and now in the hundreds. So for these women, um, for those who join us um, later on, you know, they, you know, like, like what you said, uh, you know, Ron, that they're new here and they know how to sew, but they don't know, you know, what they can do. So when I tell them about the mask, they were really excited. And, and I told them that I just reinforced the fact that not only they're making masks and earn living, the fact that each mask they make is to help somebody to protect it against the virus. So I wanted to take away that it's more than just a skill that we pay you to do. It actually has dual meaning that they're actually, it's important part of this uh, preventing spread of the virus. So I think this way it really empowered them. They made them, made them realize that they're doing a very important work. It's not just sewing and knowing sewing at this point, moment it's actually a very important skill to help our uh, community right now yeah ming ming joins us from the refugee artisan initiative they've made tens of thousands of masks they sent them all over the country in the early days of covid they made sure that area hospitals and i mean big area hospitals uh we had the university of washington reach out to us you guys we were serving hospitals down at olympia all the way up to bellingham and these front care frontline workers 
these first responders, they were desperate. They were desperate for PPE. And the Artisan Refugee Initiative, they jumped in. I was thrilled. They've raised tens of thousands of dollars. What was really cool was to open up the Seattle Times, not once, but a number of times, and see these women celebrated, to see Ming Ming celebrated, and they should be celebrated because in the same way that we celebrate the Uber drivers, the delivery drivers, the mailman, uh, the gentleman from Amazon, uh, the young lady, the young man that's on the front lines is a nurse, a healthcare worker, someone changing a bedpan, driving an ambulance, an AMR, a firefighter, a police officer, all that. The Refugee Artisan Initiative surely has been on the front lines too. Uh, what was it like to be from uh, another country? You come here, you're making potholders. Next thing you know, you're making masks. And then for these young women, they're on the front page of the Seattle Times. That had to be kind of a thrill for them, right? <laughs> yeah, they wasn't sure why they were in the news. <laughs> yeah. And I tell them that because, you know, the stuff we do, that the masks were over in different parts of the hospital and clinic. That's all being recognized. And frankly, um, most of them, they're just happy that they're uh, earning money. The, the, the extra um, media exposure, it really didn't seem to make a difference on their enthusiasm or their, you know, uh, desire to want to continue this work. As a matter of fact, you just mentioned Uber drivers. We actually have a quite number of artisans. Their spouses are uh, Uber drivers and even cleaning Amazon offices. As you can see, those professions right now doing COVID, you know, they don't really get a whole lot of work. So the role has been reversed. The woman actually has become the breadwinner, uh, you know, and the husband, some men uh, step in helping ironing the mask or one one spouse actually jump in and learn how to sew so he can help his wife. Wow, nice. That's really cool. Hey, uh, it is Pride Week uh, all around the country. Pride Week here in Seattle is celebrated as it should be. And you guys are making some pretty unique masks in time for Pride and also uh, as a salute, letting people know that Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter to the Artisan Refugee Initiative, right? That's correct. You know, we are blessed to have the opportunity um, to make masks for both donations and also sales. And uh, what we have come across is about a month ago, uh, the ACLU um, that actually came to us about a month ago saying that they're ready to open their uh, statewide office and they wanted us to make masks for them. And I've been following their work very extensively. You know, they are the one that really uh, looking for any cases uh, against uh, human equality, e equality and freedom. Mm. Um, in my case, I'm very, very interested in their immigration uh, fights of different cases. So it dawned on me that, you know, um, between the Black Lives Matter rally and protests we've been going on and the coming up election. Plus, on this last Friday, our governor just mentioned that wearing a mask is become a mandatory when you go out. Mm. So why not using masks as a way to express who you are and who you, what you believe? And so this is what I believe. I believe Black Lives Matters. And I believe that voting is really important this, nice. this November. So why not wear what you believe? And, and we're donating 20% of each mask we make to ACLU to support the work they do. Awesome. So they can continue to fight um, and, and stand what's right for our community. 
Yeah, hold that up to, hold, will you hold that to, up to the camera so we can see that? So there's vote. I want to take a picture of that so everyone can see. So there's, there's me, me with her. Okay, and can you put your BLM on? There you go, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. These are made by the Refugee Artisan Initiative. They're beautiful. They're, uh, yeah, they're in border and yeah. they're all made right here. Beautiful. We actually use as many fabric that's donated to us. The blue one, we have a lot of uh, blue and used bed sheets. We go ahead and have an embroidery machine that we partner with the um, Tsutsuma Design Uniform. They have an embroidery machine, so we'll get it embroidered and get then some by our artisans. So it's all yeah. right here in Seattle. Yeah. I'm going to ask you two questions. We have two minutes. Ming Ming, why do you do this? I do this. I believe that we all come from somewhere. And coming to America, we all have Hmm. The, the right and the freedom and to pursue our happiness, regardless where you're from, what your, uh, you know, gender identity, what your background documented and documented, we will, we should all give a chance um, to able to thrive. That's why I do this work, because I believe any newcomer should be giving a chance, you know, giving them the tool and opportunity to succeed. And I was given the opportunity. Why not give someone an opportunity? I love that. Uh, what's next for the Refugee Artisan Initiative? And as people are listening right now, if they want to be a part of something like this, how can they do that? So right now, one of the best you can do is to support us through these masks at $20 each. So this is our 2020 vision mm -hmm. of 20% of these masks will go to ACLU. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can continue to support is our GoFundMe page because we're right now making reusable uh, gowns for uh, um, the healthcare workers. As you know, one time um, gown you use in a dental office or doctor office, they're going to piling up in the landfills. Mm. And as COVID is not going to go away, we're in the process of working with REI right now in town. Uh, um, I'm making these gowns that can be used up to 10 times, rewash and reuse. So we're making prototype and trying to get it tested so we can bring it into the market. So if this is something that people want to continue to support our PPK effort, that is the next front line we're trying to be is to be a steward of the environment, creating jobs and making something that we need during this pandemic. Yeah. Mimi, I love your heart. I love you. I love your husband. I love the team that you are. I love that he literally, you guys, when the huh was hitting the fan in New York City, he got out of plane, he went there, he went into the ICU units, and he was a servant, and he served, and he literally put his life on the line, because we know that all those healthcare workers now did not make it out. He is so brave, he is so strong, he has such courage, and uh, he has a partner here in Ming Ming that is all those things times 10. So Ming Ming, I'll give you the final say, 30 seconds. Thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate you, okay? And you know what? I have to thank you both. You are the first people to come to us and believe what we do and, and spreading the word so we can have so many people able to benefit from the use of PPE when people really need it. So thanks for being the messenger um, to help us continue to do the work we do, including today. Yeah. <laughs> Three months later, we're still talking the topic. That's right. <laughs> it's literally our honor. We're very honored to be there for you guys. Thank you, Ming Ming. You're amazing. Thank you. Stay Thank you so much, Ron. Okay, take care. Bye. 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 
Life comes at you fast. If it's time to downsize, upsize, or right-size your home, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Wow, you guys. I, I love that. Ron, what did you just uh, learn from Ming Ming? That uh, we can still be apart. Uh, I think a lot of us have sort of got, got whatever this intermediate new normal is. Where you're kind of working yourself at home, or you got your grind on. Maybe you're you're going out a little bit more, uh, trying to go into the different phases. Um, help these women out, and I, I think the mass that Ming Ming has one of them for Black Lives Matter, one of them for vote voting. I know they're they're working on some other ones. Buy one of those masks. Like I, I'm I'm thinking of jumping on her side and buying a couple because that's that's really awesome to be able to sort of have a message uh, when you're out there. <laughs> I almost wish she had one that said, "Wear your mask, dumb dumb." Yeah. I'm still seeing people that, that aren't wearing masks, but that's probably a little bit uh, too political for the group at, at Refugee Artisan Initiative. Yeah, I just want to say that sometimes history just kind of wanders along, just wanders. For a couple of decades, and then something happens. Something has happened. Two things have happened between COVID 19 and what we're dealing with right now with Black Lives Matter. Think about this. Someday, when you're no longer here, your kids and grandkids are going to sit around the table and they're going to reminisce about you. And they're going to reminisce about this time. And they're going to say, you know what my grandpa did? You know what my grandma did? Well, if your grandma's Ming Ming, you'll be able to say, boy, did she get involved? If your grandpa is her husband, you'll be able to say, hey, he flew to New York City. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a pharmacist. You don't have to run a refugee artisan initiative. As Ron just said, you don't have to do a radio show. We don't even have a radio show. We're a couple guys now uh, doing a talk show on the internet. But we can still make a difference. You can still make a difference in one person's life. You can. You guys keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And find that inner Ming Ming inside of you. You can't help everyone everywhere. But you can help someone somewhere. Who's your someone today? We'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Ron.